Good evening, everyone. It is March 1st, and this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. I know that many of you are expecting a brand new Court Report tonight, but due to the scheduling for the remaining playoff games, championships, and the Sarachek tournament at the end of the month, we will now be introducing the new Court Report episodes on Tuesday night with the Encores on Sunday. Tune in this Tuesday night where we will have the recaps of tomorrow night's three JV and varsity hockey semifinals, weather permitting, looking outside right now, a preview of next Sunday's hockey championships, and a rundown of the action in the basketball playoffs leading up to the finals this Sunday after. With the hockey championships coming up next Sunday, March 8th, I felt that tonight, instead of introducing new content, we would revisit our conversation with Mo Fuchs that led off the season, so that you can take a look at just how close we came with our observations. Please enjoy and tune into the Court Report this Tuesday night to find out what happened in all Yeshiva League playoff action. Plus, I'll also play a few clips from the SAR Hank doubleheader last week that I was fortunate to be on the mic for. That will be this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. Stay warm, stay safe, stay pumped. The championships are right around the corner. Before we begin, I just want to say thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, without whom this episode and this show would not be possible. Please give them a call, 718-769-4111, for all of your trophy and plaque needs. You know very well that over the next couple of weeks, their products will be well on display at the uh, championship games, at I believe at Sarachek, but definitely at the Yeshiva League Championship Hockey and Basketball Games over the next couple of weeks. Or you can call them up and get one of your own. Now, please enjoy the preseason chat that I had with TABC Varsity Hockey head coach Mo Fuchs previewing the JV and Varsity Hockey season. I'm here with the director of hockey operations and varsity head coach at TABC, four-time varsity hockey champion Mo Fuchs. Thanks for joining me today, Mo. My pleasure. How are you, Elliot? Not too bad. Holidays going well for you? Always a little too much food. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the uh, JV and varsity hockey preview for this coming year, the 2014-2015 season. We're going to break down, we're going to start off with breaking down the divisions, and then we're going to go into each team and how we think each team is going to fare. Uh, we'll have a couple of questions along the way that we'll tackle, and uh, we'll have a little discussion as to how we think things are going to go for the 2014-2015 season. So let's let's jump in by breaking down the divisions. We're going to start off with the East. In the East, there are eight teams this year. Hafter, DRS, Flatbush, Rambam, North Shore, Hank, Mag and David, and Solomon Schechter. Out West, eight teams as well. TABC, Frisch, is it eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, six. Yeah, there you go. Eight and eight. Uh, TABC, Frisch, Kushner, Ramaz, MTA, SAR, JEC, and uh, newcomers to the league, Heschel. Okay, so we're going to start off uh, discussing each team and our our thoughts for the coming season. So we'll start off in the East. I'm going to do these in order of where I think each team is going to fare for the season. Controversial call, uh, but there's a reason for it. I think the top team in the East this year is going to be DRS. Last year, DRS was the Eastern Division champions in the regular season. They were 12-2, and two, including two key wins over Hafter, but not the one that mattered. In the game in Lawrence Middle School in March, a 2-1 OT loss uh, with Ari Barrett scoring the game winner for Hafter in overtime. Two years ago, uh, in JV, this group lost 3-2 to to TABC to finish uh, in the finals after going undefeated 10-0 over the regular season. Returning for DRS this year, arguably the uh, both the top goaltender in the league in Ari Guttenmacher 
and the best defenseman in the league in Moshe Ganuth. Uh, offensively, it'll be Leo Rubin and Zach Fuchs leading the charge. Uh, Yehuda Simon and David Sofer will be major factors as well. Big losses on the year. Uh, Avi Janikowski, Sammy Rausch, Sam Gelman, Jeremy Barth, Rocky Spurn, some of the major players from last year's team that, went to the, that brought them to the finals. Also, while it really didn't hurt them much at the time, now is really the point where the loss of Evan Fader looms large. Uh, Fader switching to Hafter last year, beginning a trend that this year included JV All-Stars Sam Schechter and Gillard Kirstein. Uh, Schechter logged a fair amount of time on defense for Larry Gross's JV squad two years ago, and now a position that, behind Gnuth, is fairly thin to begin with. How does DRS compensate for these losses? Well, again, I think you need to take one step back, Elliot. I think Larry, like myself, has the same because I've gone through a migration. We had a bunch of kids a few years ago transfer to Frisch and to Kushner for one season. I lost my team last year. I'd lost five players from that JV championship team. I think the first thing you do as a coach is you say, I can only coach who's here. I can't coach who isn't here. So you need to go to your players and say, okay, it's like the next man up. Everybody else has opportunities. You take them, you work with them, and you go. I guarantee you Larry isn't crying in a corner saying who left. I'm sure he likes those kids. I'm sure they're very nice kids. He enjoyed coaching them when he had them. But he's not going to sit there and worry about that they're not here. He's going to take his players, and he's going to say, okay, who's going to step up and take these players' roles? And they're not going to look back. And, again, they have a lot of talent. I mean, a kid like David Sofer. You know, I was in Morishaw with him. We talked about moving back to defense. He's extremely talented. He can go back. He can play up. Larry has a lot of flexibility there in moving him up or back. I believe they have a, a new kid playing who played basketball this past year. Uh, Arie, who's supposed to be very talented and fast. You know, So you have depth and you have an excellent goalie. Again, I don't think Larry's going to look behind him and worry about who isn't there. He's going to take who was there and he's going to make the most of it, and I can pretty much guarantee you on a nightly basis they're going to be very competitive. Given where he was last year, how crucial do we do we believe that the play of Ari Guttenmacher is going to be the team's success? Well, I think any goalie, you know, this is the beauty of hockey, and that's what makes hockey great is you can have, I can take the worst team in the league, and I can put an Ari Guttenmacher on that team, and then they're going to be competitive every night. You have that goalie, of course it's going to be integral, and he's going to have to play at the top of his game every night, but every team has that, I think, really, when you break it down. You know, every team has to come away with that goalie. I know there are teams that may score more and then less reliant on the goalie, but the bottom line in the end is it's hard to win without a competent goalie, if not a great goalie. Now, in terms of mentality, after, I mean, I know that coming from the TABC system where where winning has become a regular thing, especially in JV. Um, there, have been, there are also teams on the other side of it. Having the mentality of having lost last year in overtime and having lost in JV, how do you break through that in order to put together, in order to put together a season where you're not thinking, oh my gosh, what if it happens again? No, well, it's a new year. You never think like that again. When I look at my varsity team last year, I think we achieved. I mean, people didn't think we would do as well as we did. I mean, we had one game last year we were not competitive, was in Hafter, and yet here we were in the semifinal game leading them 2-1 to one with six minutes left, and if not for a couple of tough breaks, or as like we go back and say maybe a little puck luck, uh, maybe we win that game. I, I think we should have won that game. I think like we had the better of the play and we had all the momentum and just a couple of things ended up not working out. It wasn't meant to be. But I don't think you go in this year and any player is thinking like, oh, so last year we didn't win. I think, as a matter of fact, I mean, you have a core of juniors who won two years in a row and you have seniors that won a couple of championships already. So you have a lot of players who know what that championship feel is like. And if anything, 
this year's seniors are extremely hungry after that disappointment in the semifinals last year. Just taking a look at the grand scheme of things, with the players that the ARS has lost, not so much from the team's perspective, but from the league's perspective, how does that change the landscape of the league now that you have DRS coming down a bit, Hafter moving up a bit, and we're talking about teams that two years ago when they were in JV just competed or just about competed at the level that the TABC JV competed at? Yeah, well, I think it changes. I think it certainly makes Hafter a lot stronger. I mean, Hafter's now much deeper is really what they are. I mean, they now have tremendous depth. And you know, Hafter's gone through a big transition because Mark Brew is no longer behind the bench. He was there for at least a decade. We'll get to that in about a second. Yeah, and, you know, you you know, you know, bring back Noah Weinreich, who's well-respected Hafter alum, and you bring in a Benji Davidman, and the Davidmans know what they're doing. They're very well aware of what's going on here. So I think this is a team that certainly has to be reckoned with now, this Hafter team. Well, speaking of Hafter, that's next on my list. Like I said, controversial, because some people might actually have Hafter just a little bit above DRS at this point. Last year, also 12-2, second place in the East in the regular season, but winners in the game that mattered for a squad that had never beaten Halb or DRS in their history. That's six years of futility going right up to that championship game. In terms of losses, big losses, uh, where do you begin with that team? It seems like that entire team is now gone. Joseph Kestenberg. Baum, Jordan Gelman, Ari Barrett, Adam Schreiber, Mark Spivak, you know, the list goes on. Um, in JV two years ago, this current team finished 6-4 and four and fourth place in the division, losing to TABC in the first round of the playoffs. But this team is drastically different than that one, as we have said. You know, that team featured three sophomores, led by Emil Schertz. Uh, this time around, they have Fader, as we mentioned, as well as a solid group of juniors, including JV All-Stars Zachary Kramer, Jake Berger, Yehuda Sigelnik, goaltender Ryan Gluck. And the inclusion of Schechter and Kirstein served to bolster the uh, group's run for next season, but uh, the disproportionate amount of talent coming from inexperienced junior class as opposed to the seniors is a bit of an issue for me this year, and that's sort of why I have them down a second. What do you think about that? Well, certainly the key to their team is going to be the jump of the juniors for this team. In other words, do they make the jump into the varsity level and play at a high level? And where are they in February and March, not even so much in October, November? And that's really where Noah and Benji are going to come in and have to work some magic to take these guys and and take them to another level. I mean, that's again, there's a lot of depth. He has a lot of guys to pick from and play, and it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, my guess is that some will make the jump and some may not, and by the time February rolls around, you'll see it and who's getting the bulk of the playing time on their team. It's certainly an intriguing situation. It's an intriguing team. It's a team that nobody's quite sure where they're going to be. I mean, I'm personally hosting them Saturday night, January 3rd, and I'm really looking forward to that night because it'll, it'll be an interesting night. It's definitely a game to circle. I know that it's on January 4th. We will be highlighting that game on the show. And I think they play at DRS on December 8th, so that's also one to take a look at because that's going to be sort of a little earlier, you know, before we reach or somewhere around the halfway mark and a good look as to really where Hafter and DRS stand at that point, December, Monday, December 8th in DRS. I mean, it's, it's fun to note that this is a team, this Hafter team, despite what happens this year, is a team we're going to be talking about next year, given all the inclusions, as well as the intriguing possibility of two other transfers who made their way over to Hafter from DRS. Uh, one we'll get to next week in talking about basketball with A.B. Perlow, who could potentially play for the Hafter team next year, um, but also for a new JV transfer, which we'll get to later. 
So we're going to move right on now to the next team uh, in the division, which, which is the Hank Hurricanes. Last year, the Canes went 5-8-0-1, finishing six in the Eastern Division, losing to Flappish in the opening round of the varsity playoffs. Uh, so how, how can they make such a jump to third in the division? Very much in the way we talked about Hafter for next year, the main core of last year's team was its junior class, led by defenseman Ezra Kushner and offenseman Josh Wangrowski and Benji Hill and netminder Josh Geller. The losses for the Canes due to graduation, with the exception of Noah Kahn and even Elon Tannen, who did not play over the season due to a lingering knee issue, were mostly insignificant to the successes that the team had last year. With the infusion of a handful of talented juniors, including Matthew Maslin, who impressed this year in Camp David, Hank is poised to make a run. The, the big question for Hank is going to be their secondary scoring. Wengrowski will put in his fair share, and Kushner has always been a steady contributor from the back line. But Hank is not going to succeed if it has to rely on, show, on just those two, putting major stress on Josh Geller to be stellar in net. Uh, Benji Hill and Judah Walkenfeld, Hank's second line offenseman, enjoyed moderate success last year on the scoring front, but will need to be more effective for Hank to have a shot at the last buy slot in the East. And we'll get to the playoff format. In, I guess now is actually a very good time to get to that. So the way it's going to work in, the, in varsity, and actually varsity and JV, each division is going to have five teams as opposed to six. Last year, the West, the varsity West was at the, was at the head of that, having only five teams, while now it's down to five. Now, my question is, do you see this as more of a shift to a competitive league, a more competitive-focused league as opposed to inclusion? I don't know that I'd call it more competitive as opposed to inclusion. I mean, if we have had many a competitive 6-3 game, so I would have stayed with six out of eight. Uh, I think it's about the kids and more kids to be included, and the 6-3 games are competitive, so I don't... I'm going to say last year from when we faced Hank, we were, my, my, te- my team, the Flopush team, and Hank... That 3-6 game, it was 2-0. It wasn't a, a, a disparate game. I mean, we controlled most of the play, but Hank was right there and could have easily made it a closer game than that and could have even potentially taken the game. But I always go back to, I think it was 2005, Solomon Schechter at 12 seed. Uh, I don't remember. I think it was maybe Frisch who they upset in the first round. That was actually us. Oh, it was you? TBC, my fault. Yeah. North Shore. Next on my list, finished last year 6-7-0-1, fifth place in the division. Blew Rombaum out in Rombaum in the opening round, then fell to TABC in the quarters. Uh, two years ago, this group finished 7-2-0-1 and in second place in the division. So why the fall from Greece? Uh, really only precautionary until we can determine whether goalie Ian Horn is suffering from any rust after having taken a year off. Other than that, North Shore is pretty much in the same boat as Hank, having lost only John Silverman and Daniel Rosen to graduation. Last year's varsity crew was backed by Harper Berman, who played well above his station, despite not having played net before, and whether or not Horn is an improvement after a year away remains to be seen. Uh, we'll get that first chance this Wednesday night as the Stars kick off the season against DRS in the Greenhouse, a team that Horn has actually fond memories of facing, having defeated them as a freshman. Joining him will be seniors Zach Godsey, Bailey Bressis, uh, Jonas Spielman, Todd Bruckner, and Bradley Lowy. Also playing varsity for the first time as a true member will be Iggy Weiss, a late-season sophomore call-up for last year's squad. Moving right along into Flatbush. The coach in me wants to rank them a bit higher, but the objective analyst in me says that this is you know, exactly where my Falcons will be fighting this year. Coming off the most successful campaign since the early 90s, uh, Flatbush finished 9-5, and five, including upsets of DRS and Frisch during the regular season, but falling to Frisch in the rematch in the quarterfinals. Uh, the losses for this crew were numerous in both volume and stature. Flatbush's entire top line 
including Morris Bijou, Mo Mala, and goalie Steven Essis, as well as double-digit freshman scorer Sam Laniata returning to Flappers' JV this year, as well as five-sixths of Flappers' contributing defensemen, make for a very thin group with experience, leaving only Saul Sasson and Ben Valinsky as the mainstays of last year's uh, class. Joining them will be JV All-Star Moshe Luz, who will vie for the starting job in net, as well as Sam Beta, Ralph Kram, and Abe Goldman, who should work into the mix. Speaking of teams decimated by graduation, Rambam Ravens, who will be fighting for that last playoff spot, finished off last season at 7-7, seven and seven, putting them into fourth place in the Eastern Division. The Rambam returnees from last season can be counted on one hand, with the only main participant being Avi Martin. The team will rebuild itself with the juniors gained from last year's JV final squad, all-stars Ezra Cinnamon, Daniel Kerman, and Josh Saltzman. Given the lack of numbers and depth, the bulk of the work will fall on the shoulders of second-year goaltender Charlie Altman, fast becoming a name in the league after a finals run in his sophomore year in JV and a stellar camp dubbed session this past year. What you're saying is, according to your rankings, Rambam will be on the outside looking in. You have a team, or at least... A group of guys who went to the JV Championship last year, including a starting goalie, who their coaching staff before the championship last year told me had come such a long way. And by the way, just I mean, Charlie's a great kid. And he, he did come a long way. But here you're talking about a starting goalie in a championship game. You tell me he's going to be on the outside looking in because we took out the sixth playoff team. Granted, maybe he can get them into that five spot. But it almost seems like your three, four, five, and six, if they flipped in order, wouldn't totally shock you. And that being the case, we're talking about a decent team going home, not even getting a chance to play a playoff game. And that's the outcome of this new of the new format, dropping the six. Right. So do, you can argue it makes it more competitive in the regular season, but I didn't know that our regular season wasn't competitive; that it needed to be more competitive. It's mm-hmm. kind of a shame because what we're talking about is we're here for the kids, and I just think that it'd be kind of a shame to send a group home, one of those 14. Again, I've always found it enjoyable and competitive, but this is going to make it even more difficult for those teams fighting for a spot. And that makes several of the games that they face each other in Flappish, Rambam, North Shore, and Hank, it's going to make the games that they play during this year an even more interesting uh, show yeah. to watch. And if, and if any of those teams can steal a point on after a DRS, it's only going to enhance those teams as well. All right. I'm just going to take a look at the schedule to see who faces who because the there are differences in how the East will face, who the East will face, and who the uh, West will face. Flappish has Hafter twice, DRS twice, Rambam twice, Megan David twice, Salman Schechter twice, Hank, North Shore, Kushner, and Ramaz. Rambam will have Hafter twice, DRS twice, Flappish twice, Megan David twice, Salman Schechter twice, North Shore, Hank, Ramaz, and Kushner once. North Shore will have the same, but two Hafter, two DRS, two Hank, two Megan David, two Salman Schechter, Flappish, Rambam, SAR, and MTA once, and Hank is going to have two Hafter, two DRS, two North Shore, Megan David, Salman Schechter twice, uh, Rambam, Flappish, MTA, and SAR. So the games to really circle, the two North Shore Hank games, the two Rambam Flappish games, and then the ones where they each face each other. You're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. Once again, I'm here with Mo Fuchs, and we are rolling through the Varsity and JV 2014-2015 hockey season preview. So let's head over to the West now. For me, the number one team in the division is a pretty easy call. I have TABC as the number one team in the league this coming year. TBC finished 12 and 2 atop the West last year, lost in a semifinal thriller to Hafter 3 to 2 in overtime. Two years ago, this group won the JV Championship. So tell us about your team, Mo. Can we expect a similar run for the squad in varsity? Well, you certainly hope so, right? We have a lot of talent, and it's just a matter of how hard we're going to work. 
to see to be there. I mean, it's a good group of guys. I enjoy it. We're Our first game's coming up October 30th. We're hosting Ramaz. It's a tough schedule. It's a deep division. I mean, there are major changes to this division, okay, from that JV Championship team. We are still down one player who had transferred out who's playing for Frisch and Rafi Sullivan. It should be a very competitive team, but again, you look at this division, it's a very tough division. I mean, this is as good as the West has been top to bottom. Every game is going to be extremely difficult. Coupled with my out-of-conference games, they're after in DRS. So, you know, who you're ranking one and two in the uh, in the East. So we got 14 games on the schedule, and I expect 14 dogfights. So who can we look at from TABC to step up and uh, and be main contributors for the teams this year? Well, I guess, you know, it's very interesting because, you you know, we know about the juniors who are making the jumps. You could say similar to Hafter, there was like a core group, you know, five core guys who everybody knows about making the jump for us to play major minutes. Those that core being uh, Daniel Levy, Noller, Naor, Ari Fuchs. And, and Kalev Minsky. And, and, yeah, so those five core guys who had come up who had, you know, sort of led the GV team last year. And then you add them into a group of very solid seniors who've worked to earn playing time from Alex Malik, Ari Berman, Buddy Wise, Yoshua Lehrer, Ezra Schneier, my goalies in, in Alex Kalber, Ami Levine. So you have, you know, a lot of depth. So, and it's just a matter of us now figuring out how well the pieces fit. Who from last year has been the hardest to replace? Who has been the hardest to replace from last year? I, I don't know that that's an easy question to answer. Not meant I mean, to be an easy question. Uh, look, Craig Klein played very well in goal for us, and we'll see how Alex and Rami shake out. And something about last year's team is they had an incredible amount of heart. You know, they really overachieved. If my team this year plays like that team did last year, then I say look out. So we need to bring the heart and soul of what last year's team did. Guys who, who really achieved, Yosef Naor, Shmuley Levy, Shimon Kohn. You know, these were guys who a few years ago nobody looked at, nobody thought was any good. And these were guys who, who scored and contributed and and were major difference makers. I mean, David Semmelman, who will go down as one of the greatest stories for me in the history of my coaching career, the last player as a freshman on the JV team, smallest player. I mean, I think he was four foot two when he came in. You know, was the last guy on the bench, and as a sophomore, was a top four defenseman on a championship team, junior top four defenseman on a championship team, and uh, senior captain. And if everybody had that kid's heart. And knowing what he went through personally and losing his mother before junior year and, you know, even I think back to his sophomore year in the JV championship, he had a basically a torn hamstring, wrapped it up. Norm said, you know, I'm not putting you back out. He said, you're not taking me out and wouldn't come out. He just took every other shift with one leg. It was, you know, unbelievable. So, again, if we bring that type of heart, then we'll be okay. That's what I'm this year. That's what I need to know if I'm replacing or bringing back. My next pick for the division is Kushner. Uh, uh, the Cobras finished off last season 8-6, and six, third in the West, dropping the quarterfinal game to eventual champion Hafter. Two years ago, this group uh, was 5-5 five and five in JV, including a win over TABC and three of their five losses being one-goal games. Uh, the team returns most of its squad from last year, including all-stars Elon Slonim and Lewis Rees, as well as offenseman Effie Alman. Along with them will be junior goaltender Jack Rees and defenseman Alec Rabinowitz and Arthur Greenfield. Uh, the group may also benefit from the school 
school's decision to field only one team, bringing players like sophomores uh, Ellie Slonim, Sam Roth, and Danny Blank into the mix a year early. I think what Paul did here was wise in combining his two teams and giving one coach team Paul chance to make the one team, to bring the sophomores up to varsity. We'll see if they can make that jump, but he, what they're really doing is they're giving that really excellent core group depth, and he can go to third line. I mean, it's been a number of years since Kushner could throw out a third line. I mean, what always had been sort of Kushner's problem when they had talent was a lack of depth, and without the lack of depth, they would run out of gas in these games, but this is a very dangerous team. This team has, you take a kid like Lewis Reese as a leader who I think Lewis is is a throwback. You know, he'd play hockey 24-7. I mean, he's just that type of kid. Three in the morning, he would never say no. I mean, that's just how he's made up. He's a real, like I go back, you know, to the 80s playing, and this is the type of kids we had back then. It was just loving it and just playing, and that's Lewis. He's a real throwback, and I think that that team is extremely talented. So if anybody out there doesn't know from Kushner hockey being very good, this is a very dangerous and very talented team. Uh, Of course, when talking about Kushner, it must be noted the big shoes that need to be filled with the loss of league-leading scorer Ellie Schwartz. Uh, With the team that they have, is there someone that needs to step up to replace Schwartz? No, I again, very capable players, you know, on this team that could score a lot of goals. Elon Sloan him down to his little brother Ellie and it's it, it's a lot of guys. I mean again and Jack Reese is is very capable in goal, very capable. This is a team that could play with anybody. The one question you always have with Kushner is that they play in a rink, which gives them an advantage at home. The question is when they go out on the road sometimes to their disadvantage, I think. It's gonna be interesting to see when this team has to go out on the road again, I don't. They're not drawing Hafter and DRS in their crossover games, but I'm sure come playoff time, you know, yeah, they're going to see, see them in a couple teams. of weeks. Yeah. Well, this is again it's, in in the rink. Well, I was going to say it's a shame for you because if you got them in that big flappish gym, that would be a bigger advantage. Not necessarily. Last year we actually had that and we got drilled seven nothing, oh. and that was a game that we didn't have to see Lewis Rees or Elon Sloan, but. Speaking of the gyms, the same can be said for SAR, who play in similar style rinks. When the two of them get together, it's always fun because you see the two rink-style games uh, come coming out to play. Again. Well, I'm sure their games are going to be ridiculously competitive as well because SAR is an excellent team. I don't know where you have them ranked, and it's funny. I don't know how you quite figure out all these because a lot of these teams from SAR... Frisch, MTA, these teams very are talented close. and very deep. Honestly, for each of the for each of the, the three through six here, you can flip them either way also. And right, this is where also where a team like Frisch is going to be at a slight disadvantage in that their crossover games are DRS and Hafter. They drew because of their good record last year. On to the third seed, in the, the third team in the West for me, and that's Ramaz. I know it's a surprise to you. Last year, seven five zero and two, finished fourth in the division. Key graduates, all-star goalie Divi Grummet and defenseman Joe Barouche no longer around, leaving very big shoes to fill. Uh, my gut tells me that it will be on senior Ben Emmerich to try to replace Grummet's stellar play this season. The group retains Adam Lassner, Elliot Barrett, Cam Valinsky, Bradley Brecher, and second-year varsity junior Alex Glaubach. Joining them from that junior squad will be Jared Feingold and Gabe Silverman. Two years ago, the team finished third in the West, upsetting East number 2 North Shore in, uh, in North Shore. 
Having faced him last year as a sophomore playing varsity, how heavily does Glaubach fit into the success of this year's squad? Big time. I mean, this is, uh, again, a potentially talented team. One of the six that for sure should make the playoffs, and a good team in this division is not making the playoffs. Yes, Alex Glaubach is a huge player for this team. A lot of talent. Tough gym to play in in Vermont is always difficult. You know, rubber floor, tough gym in Manhattan. This is an interesting, intriguing team. Moving right along to another team that's intriguing, uh, SAR. And we'll get to in a second exactly why they're intriguing, other than their rink. Uh, last year, 5-8-1, finished sixth in the division, missing the playoffs with the talent that they had. This year, it's an, still an immensely talented squad, having retained several of their key players in brothers Sam and Jack Schwabe, as well as netminder Gil Fortgang, who despite an off year last year, has proven in the past that he's capable of leading a squad deep into the playoffs. And Sefi Jonas. Joining them will be Daniel Best and Josh Wise, who are back uh, after a year off, as well as junior standouts Ezreal Lavi and Josh Rosenberg. Two years ago, this team dropped a one-goal game in the semis in DRS. If Fort Gang regains his playing form from two years ago, does this squad have the talent to get back there this year? Absolutely. Look, this is a very well-coached team. You know, Howie, Noah, they do an excellent job. Again, to me, the biggest home advantage in Yeshiva sports is the SAR rink. A very tough, physical talented again this is a throwback team this is a team that would have loved playing in the 80s with all out hitting that's for sure you know their biggest question is going to be the scoring was their problem two years ago when they were sophomores in a very talented group they destroyed a very talented tbc team in sar and then came to tbc and couldn't score it's an interesting group they've shown now that they can win in drs last year they did for the first time Mm -hmm. Uh, they bring back, you know, guys like, like you said, Daniel Best and Josh White. We're talking about the back. JV team that won in DRS. So the, the, so the, the sophomore members that are now juniors. Correct. And you have a very, very talented, good group here coming up. The guys like Ellie Best and, 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 uh, Andrew Teagman and a couple other guys on this team that come up. You know, Josh Rosenberg, there's a lot of talent. There's, you know, this is a very dangerous team, especially in their rink. They're, they're interesting in that, like Kushner, it's going to be interesting to see when they come outside the rink how they play on the road. I almost feel like it's like those teams in the NFL who dominate the New Orleans Saints. They dominate in their home rink, and then when they go out on the road, sometimes struggle. So, look, their coaching staff's well aware, and they know what they have, and they're going to be incredibly difficult to play in their rink. But when they come out, and again, the team here that's getting hurt the most is a, a talented first team because. Frisch has the hardest schedule of the six, or you could say Frisch and TABC really have the hardest two schedules because of our out-of-conference games are harder. For me, that's one of the reasons why I have Frisch actually down at five in the division. Last year, 10-4, second in the West, defeated Flatbush 3-2 in the quarters before being steamrolled in the semis 8-1 by DRS. Two years ago, 6-4 and four in fourth place. So, and they took DRS to OT before falling. So their schedule, it really doesn't help them from from last year's solid team where you had players like um, Jason Levine, Max Rimberg, John O'Weichner, and Jacob Levy, who are now gone. It doesn't really help this year's squad, which is which is led by Mikey Rubin, Abe Gelman, Odi Haramadi, three-year varsity goalie Alex Kirschenbaum, as well as junior standouts Mike, Mike Reinhardt and Jordan Sokolov. The... The schedule, as we have it set up, where what you do one year directly affects the hard, the, the level of schedule you're going to have the next year. It doesn't help Frisch at all. No, it actually it hurts them in that respect. I mean, again, you also you forgot Stevie Brin's a very talented player. Jacob Bach is a talented player and a 
tremendous penalty killer. Uh, Look, they're definitely hurt by that, but they have one other major addition to this team, Elliot. They added Yaakov Lisker as an assistant coach. He was my assistant coach for 12 years. He is the finest teacher of goaltending. So whether it's Alice Kirschenbaum, Matty Reinhardt, Josh Eagle, whichever kid wins that goaltending battle is going to be because they listen to Yak and learn from Yak. So that's going to help them tremendously. I can't imagine he won't get at least one of those three guys to play above where he was before. Rounding out the playoff contenders for the West is the MTA Lions. Uh, MTA snuck into the playoffs last year with a record of 5-5-2-2. The team loses goaltender Eitan Scheer, who served as as really the lone bright spot of last year's senior class. This year's class is anchored by defensive stalwarts Zev Markowitz, Ami Rosenfeld, and Jeremy Borgen, who will man the line in front of Shooky Weinstein back in net for the first time in two years. Big question for MTA is who is going to score? Ezra Quint has been solid for the Lions heading into his senior year, but is there anyone other than him that can shoulder the load, really? Ami Rosenfeld? I was thinking more offensively. But, yeah, there's no question that that, that, that group can score goals in Camp David. Markowitz and Ami Rosenfeld had two very, very, very good Camp Davids to talk about. But you're picking this team not to make the playoffs. I'm picking this team to be just on the outside looking in. And this is a team with tremendous talent who you yourself came back from Camp David and said this is a very talented team. You were very impressed with Zeb Markowitz. You're and as you should be, Zev's a very talented player. Yeah, I was on the end of a couple of Zev Markowitz. Right. I was wondering that, uh, whether Shuki would go back in goal or not this year. He played very effectively as a defenseman last year, so it's very rare that you see a player come out of goal, go play defense at a very high level, and then go back into goal. So very interesting in that respect. Rounding out the... The division will be JEC and Heschel in that order. I'll tell you this, whoever gets that five could beat the four, and the three could beat the two out east, and once it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, once we flip over to Olympic style, all bets are off, really. It's funny because I don't remember a year where I think that the league is this deep because based on what you're saying is we could have five, six, seven teams that you could say today could could realistically win a championship, and I don't think we've said that in many years. To my knowledge, I don't, at least in the last decade that I've been a part of, whether it's coaching or doing analysis, I haven't had this much trouble splitting hairs. Right, which makes the thought of March 8th and Lawrence Middle School, you could have so many different combinations that just wouldn't shock you and i have to say i don't think there's ever been a west west final so it, i don't believe there's ever been a there have been an east east final MTA after frisch, the 2005 mta frisch 2005 yeah that's it's a long time ago elliot nine nine years ago correct just off the top of my head that <laughs> yeah, was that was very good i'm impressed you're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. Once again, I'm here with Mo Fuchs, and we are rolling through the Varsity and JV 2014-2015 hockey season preview. We've gone through Varsity. We're going to pick it up with JV. We'll start out in the East. Nine teams in it. Rambam, DRS, Hafter, Flatbush, Hank, North Shore, Megan David, YDE, and Shari. It's the only lopsided division in the entire hockey league. Uh, out in the West, TABC, Frisch, SAR, Ramaz, MTA, Hillel, JC, and Westchester, who's moved over from the East. So in the East, you have YDE, who was a varsity contender only last year, coming down to play in JV. And you have newcomer Shari Torah, and you have Westchester moving over from 
from east to west to replace a now non-existent Kushner team. Starting out back in the east, we'll start off with Rambam. Uh, last year, they were 9-1. and one. Key players for this year uh, returning are Harry Tannen, Avi Orlau, Daniel Itzhaki, Daniel Lichter. It really, the list goes on with the amount of talent they have. They also gain some of the best talent from the New York Junior High League. Zach Finkelman, Benny Schilleg, Ethan Sullivan, Jacob Corman. They are my consensus championship pick. There is, though, a question about new goaltender Daniel Petro Petrokowski. Uh, Petro is a, it comes from basketball. And it's a question if he's ready for hockey due to his lack of experience. Moving right along to goalies uh, leading teams, my next pick for the division is DRS at 8-2. and two. Last year, DRS lost in a first-round overtime heartbreaker to SAR. Key returning players for that team, Sammy Brew, Andrew Giller, Miles Peller, Jeremy Schreiber. Key gains, Jake Weinstock, the Goldberg Twins, and Jakey Friedman, arguably the best goalie in the league. Uh, the biggest problem last year, though, for DRS was their lack of scoring. It doesn't help them that they have also lost Donnie Goldberg now. As I mentioned before in varsity, there was a JV player switching over to Hafter, and that was Goldberg. The question is, you know, there's a lot of talent, but where is the scoring in that group? They had Bruce Schreiber, Moshe Simon, Ellie Levine, a lot of great talent. But you need somebody to step up and score. They work very well with each other. They're great passers. But somebody's got to put the ball in the net. I think the other question is, who do you start in net? Where you have Jakey Friedman and you also have Noah Wilkowski and A.J. Chesser all vying for position. Elliot, when you have a talent like Jakey Friedman, it's hard to believe that he's not going to be your starting goalie, even though he's the freshman and the other two are sophomores. First of all, Jakey is built like a senior. Second of all, when you have a talent, you're saying about DRS's inability to potentially score, they could score two every game and win. They could score one every game and win if you have that type of talent. Obviously, on the opposite side, you first talked about a Rambam team, which is as offensively loaded as any team we've seen in many years. Like our, I think like our JV TBC team last year, which was probably our greatest scoring team ever, and averaged greater than five goals a game. This Rambam team can score. So when those teams play, it's going to be an incredible contrast of a team that plays strong defense against a team that's geared up to score and play a wild shootout. As somebody who's worked very closely and benefited from Jakey Friedman's play, I know Jakey's ability level and I know what he can do for this DRS team. But in the end, it's hard to imagine that even if he doesn't start Jakey at the beginning of the year by game three or four, that Jakey won't have played his way into the starting role for this team. He could start for half the varsity teams. The third team in the division, Flatbush, last year, 4-4-2. Four, four, and two. Key returning players, Joey Habert, Aaron Kuby, Natano Nemet. Key adds for this year, um, Sam Laniato coming back down from varsity, and uh, Nathan Mosseri. The freshmen, though, uh, Murray Dweck and Burt Robertson. Laniato, arguably the best player in the JV League, and return of Mosseri, one of the top offensive lines in the league, the two of them. Problem, though, is behind Laniato on defense, there's, there's, there's sort of a lack of experience with the loss of Bobby Sasson making Laniato the only sophomore. Hopefully Sam does more of the magic that he did last year in varsity. I don't I know you didn't get a chance to see Sam. Last year Sam I believe he double digit goal score. I believe it was 17 goals including playoffs. Well, 17 goals as a freshman in a varsity league is impressive no matter what. So coming back as a sophomore, now the only question you wonder with Sam is will he feel the pressure? Cuz he's clearly not only the best player on the team, he's the leader of the team, he's the only sophomore on the team. So the question is is he going to feel 
too much pressure. I mean, you would know that better. Just as somebody who's seen Sam play since he was in sixth grade, the kid thrives on the pressure. He he loved every minute of being a uh, starting offenseman for a varsity squad last year, and he he carried his Flatbush Junior High team on his back two years ago when he was in eighth grade. So I, I think the kid lives for it. I think he, he loves the, the situations where he gets to step up. Last year when we were playing North Shore, we were down 4-2 with eight minutes left in the third period. And I think he went off for, he had four goals that game, and I think two or three of them came within those last six minutes alone. So then the real question with Flappish is going to be how those freshmen step up by the time February comes around, because that's really the question. It's not what they are in October, it's what they are in February and March. Taking it step by step, we have our first game on October 29th against North Shore, and North Shore is is going to be one of those bubble teams that we'll get to in just a minute. Next up for me is, surprisingly, Hank, 3-6-0-1, didn't make the playoffs last year. The reason why it's surprising is because last year they were mostly a sophomore team. The key returning players, Eric Lenevsky and Kenny Shear, were really one of the only freshmen on the teams, though it's the key additions that really make this team who it is. Top five uh, freshman defenseman, Jacob Schwartzman, and key transfer, Joseph Lindenblatt, coming back over from North Shore to uh, play in the same gym where he played during his years during junior high. Also coming back uh, will be Andrew Marks, who will vie for the starting goaltender spot. The big question, though, is this is a very offensive-minded team, which puts the strain, which on Marks played goalie in over a year. Hafter, 7-2-0-1. They lost to Rambam in the semifinals. A very, very, very close game. But their team was almost, the, the, the team that contributed was almost entirely sophomores that have moved up to varsity. It doesn't mean that, you know, that they're a bad team. I mean, here, they're, it's, they're a good freshman class. They have Jacob Kramer, Daniel Salzberger, and their power is actually going to come from the sophomores that they gained in Donnie Goldberg and Brian Fall. The two uh, will bolster a back line with scoring that would generally be left just for Kramer, a freshman to handle by himself, and they should battle with Hank for home court in the play-in game. Now, my final two teams that are going to be vying for a playoff spot are North Shore and Mag and David. The question here for each of them is, for North Shore, it's going to be the decision on what happens with Jack Tagerstein and Net. Right now, North Shore is trying to decide whether or not they want to bring him up to varsity to back up Ian Horn just in case. If Jack Tagerstein plays JV, I think that team has a shot to make the playoffs. If Jack Tagerstein does not play, I think that they're on the outside looking in. Hey, why would they pull him up now? They could pull him up at any time during the year, but once he starts on varsity, he can't go back. It's a fair point. It's a, it's a good question. The rules are that you can be called up at any time before January 1st, but once you're on that roster and once, you're, once you participate in that first game, your JV eligibility is gone. On the other end of things, Mag and David. Mag and David also has the opportunity to sneak in for that last playoff spot. The question is, will Michael Mamie have to do it all himself? Looking at the schedule in the East, because unlike unlike Varsity, this is where... Well, this is where Hafter gets destroyed. Oh, yeah. I think this is something we agree. This is where Hafter really draws a short end of the stick, because they're going to get Rambam and DRS for four games, and these other teams like Flatbush, Hank, North Shore, Mag and David are not. You hit on something that I was thinking about 
the moment that I found out Shari might enter the league. Because the way it would have worked before, as much like it is in in J in sorry in the JV West, where you have the top four competing against each other twice and the bottom four competing against each other twice. So you would have had Rombaum, DRS, Hafter, and Flatbush each facing each other. And so Hafter didn't change much. The only one who gains out of that group is Flatbush. Because Flatbush escapes having to face Rombaum twice, escapes having to face DRS twice, gets North Shore and Mag and David for four out of their ten games. Hank is the same way. Granted, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had to have faced Rombaum and DRS twice, but they draw YDE and, and sorry and Shari Torah twice. Yeah, I mean looking at this schedule, I mean Hank only draws Flatbush once, Rombaum once, DRS once, and Hafter once. So they have clearly the best schedule of anybody. And that's why I have Hank over Hafter. When you look at it, Hafter's gonna have to fight to earn that to earn that last spot. I think they will earn that last spot because I think as a team they're better than Hank. I really do. I think that they'll beat Hank. I think the issue though is when it comes to schedule, Hamster's gonna be fighting and having to win those games that they play against Mag and David, YDE Shari, Hank, and Norshore, they're going to have to win those five just to stay in the hunt for that fifth spot. Well, if YDE and Shari Torah are not competitive, then that's four easy wins for Hank. I mean, that's, that's just... It's going to be down to Norshore, Mag and David, and Hafter to fight for that fifth spot. Now that, well, a different story than Varsity, because JV last year was only four teams from each division. Correct. So now we've added a team in JV, and that's the trade-off. But now it, it gives these three teams the extra incentive to keep playing and to work for that last spot because Hafter's going to be on the short end schedule-wise. But if they win the games that they need to win, they're making the playoffs. And a team like Mag and David or North Shore or that has a harder, that has an easier schedule, maybe on the outside looking in. You know? It could also be that let's say let's say Hank did pull the four slot, and let's say Hafter pulled the five slot. If you're saying Hafter's better, Hafter could very well go to Hank in that 5-4 game and take them out. You know, I, I'm just saying that when you look over the schedule, Hank, Hank got a nice draw as far as the unbalanced schedule. Right, so we absolutely agree on the winners and losers of the Eastern Conference schedule. You're listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg. Once again, I'm here with Mo Fuchs. And we are rolling through the Varsity and JV 2014-2015 hockey season preview. Let's move on to the West. For me, the number one team in the West, Frisch. 8-2, second in the West, upset by Hafter. They return Yehuda Brin, Johnny Newman, Alter Hammerman, Swallowitz, Silver. They're, they're stacked to the hilt in terms of depth. Top three JV freshman class, including uh, Joey Tropp, you know, Freilish, uh, who's going to be competing for the, for the net position. And they're even going to gain from sophomore by having Evan Froman, who played basketball last year but had a solid camp of it. Uh, they're easily the most talented group in the West. A great scoring, great defensive depth. The question is going to be who plays goalie for them this year because, as we've discussed, uh, it's going to be a, a battle between Freilish, uh, sophomore Benny Sokoloff. Uh, Sokoloff is looking to play after a year on the bench behind Matt Reinhardt. You didn't even mention a Benji Feintuck. Oh, absolutely. He's an excellent freshman. So th- this is a team that's loaded. It's going to be very interesting to see how they compete when they reach playoff time. This is everybody would be shocked if they're not one or two, certainly in the West. And they should be one. On paper they're ones. It's gonna be interesting to see. But again, I think always with Frisch, it's when they hit a speed bump, how are they gonna to react to it? But very talented, very, very good team. Two in the division I have right now, and I say right now because it depends on how the play goes out the year. I have SAR in the two slot. SAR last year seven and three, including a victory over TABC in the regular season. Losing to TABC in the semi 
semis, though, after that one uh, nothing overtime thriller against DRS. Returning player, Freilich, who last year jumped out to, I think it was 13 goals in the first three or four games. He was phenomenal last year. Also coming back is Joey McGillner. The strength, though, is definitely going to be in the top freshman class, the number one freshman class in uh, JV this well, year. You also shouldn't forget Ellie Gelfand. is a very, very solid player. is a sophomore this year. Uh, and the freshman class that they're go- that's going to join them is includes top five defensemen, both of them, Jason Burian and Shua Friedman, and top freshman Gordy Cole. Uh, the majority of that team, that freshman class, has played for the last few years together, including uh, last year's Hamish Championship team, and not to mention uh, Adam Weiss, who they gained from Mariah as well. The group has worked together for a long time and is comfortable with each other. Well, Benny Lasher, is a, who played in my junior league, but went to Ben Parat Yosef, so didn't play in the league. Again, Benny's not big in stature, but an extremely talented player with the pub. This is a very talented team, a very well-coached team. As you know, we talked about Noah Nahawi and Zach Fine, who, who joins them on the JV, playing with the biggest home advantage in the league. The biggest question when it comes to this team is going to be in goal, whether Jacob Nawitz who's probably the starting goalie, can step up. You and read my mind. I saw him play over the summer, and he played very well. The question is whether or not he can handle that through through a 10-game season. Would, would it shock anybody for this team to step up and take the one over Frisch? Uh, no, it would not. TABC. This may be a year where, deservedly so, a little lower down. Last year, they're 9-1. They won the championship for the sixth year in a row. What does Norm have this year? What Norm has this year is what he has every year, and that's he's got a team that's going to work really hard because Norm is extremely demanding in a positive sense. Very, very large freshman group and a very small sophomore group. Again, I think Norm thrives and loves to thrive when he's told that he has no chance. He loves that. He loves the underdog role. He certainly has that underdog role this year. As I think if he were sitting right here, he would tell you, Elliot, I'm not worried what you think about me in October. I'm only worried what you think about me in February and March. So we know about Zach Rothenberg. Who could we look forward to joining him in terms of leading TABC this year, whether it's sophomore or freshman? Well, we certainly brought in some very talented kids. We have a couple of returning sophomores. It's going to be interesting to see, like a Joshua Wharton tile and, and a Josh Lehman, whether these kids can jump up, take another step. Your cousin, Jacob Rosenfeld, you know, defenseman for the team. We have a very interesting group of freshmen. You know Akiva Weeder, who comes from Noam, is a very talented defenseman. And then a lot of other freshmen, which Norm is currently developing. Oh, well, we did. We brought one from that SAR group was uh, Jonathan Sturm, who who was Gordy Kolb's line mate on that eighth grade, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade championship teams. It's a team that has potential. The real test as to where TBC finishes, both in the standings and at the end of the year, is going to be not where they are in October, but where they are in February and March. So if that freshman class develops to the point where we hope they can develop, then there'll be a real competitor this year. If they don't develop that, then you're looking towards next year when hopefully these freshmen develop for next year along with an incoming class to complement them. Okay, so now we're getting down to that four, five, six bubble teams. My first on the list is Ramaz. Last year they were three and seven, missing the playoffs. Only five returning players, including uh, Jacob Horowitz, uh, Miguel, Ali Hadid. Their additions: uh, Zach Wilds, Zeke Chernoff, Jay Clarissenfeld, and Richie Hafif, who should start in net for the Rams. It's a young team that's going to need help on the scoring end. Uh, Ali Hadid was a bright spot on last year's team, but also fighting for that final spot is going to be JEC and MTA. The big question for JE. 
AAC is going to be whether or not there is somebody that can make good on the offensive end to hold up what Jason Silverstein's efforts do in the goaltending end. The question is going to be, is there anybody that's going to be able to step up and help carry that team over a Ramaz team or over the hump or even over an MTA team. So what happens at the bottom end of this division is going to be determined, I think, just like we said before with the East. I think the, the West is going to come down to the schedule. Looking at the schedule, Ramaz takes the takes the brunt of this. You know, Ramaz has to face TABC, Frisch, and SAR twice. They're going to be facing Hillel, MTA, JEC, and Westchester only once. So therefore, they could potentially end up 4-6, and six, not, not to their own doing and completely miss out on a playoffs and a team like MTA or JEC could sneak in above a Hillel and Westchester team just because of the, of the schedule. It's hard for me to imagine saying that JEC is sneaking in. I can't imagine JEC is not making the playoffs because the fact of the matter remains they have arguably the best goaltender certainly in the West and then who can compete on a level with a Jakey Friedman. I mean the fact is if Silverstein played you know on any of the top teams we could talk about him as a superstar. No question. I mean, a bona fide superstar. He's He's... His skill level and talent level is unbelievable. It and is definitely top And JC has two. some very good defensemen. So it's hard for me to imagine that they will not play a lot of low-scoring games. The schedule is favorable. It would not shock me for JC to even be the third seed. I mean, let's put it this way. They have MTA twice, Hill twice, and Westchester twice. Can you not see them going 6-0 and from that stretch? I mean, maybe one. I mean, maybe 5-5. Five five. Five 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 I'm saying, but... It's hard for me to imagine that JEC1 is not a playoff team and not competing near the top because they have a favorable schedule. They have the best goalie, arguably, in the division. If not, maybe the whole league. I mean, it depends where you want to put them par with Jakey. And it's, it's hard to, you know, they have defensemen in front of them. As long as they get, Marcus. they could win every game 2-1, to one, one nothing. Just like the possibility for DRS to do that as well. So, Correct. So, so, you know, JEC, the DRS of the West. You yeah. cannot, you can't, <laughs> well, you can't sleep on them. And, and you know, one thing's for sure, that they'll, they'll work hard. John Silverstein We'll get that team to work hard and to care. So, yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps up the JV division. So that wraps up our preview for this season. Very much looking forward to seeing what happens. Thank you very much for joining me, Mel. My pleasure, Elliot. Thanks. Have a great night. Welcome back live, everyone, to the Court Report. So after listening to our conversation with Mo Fuchs that began the year, I guess you can see you know, just how close we actually really were. I mean, if you take a look at what's going on now, you know, we have uh, in hockey, we have three games left. One team has already punched their ticket to the uh, to the finals, that being SAR, whom we discussed as being a team that really could contend for the Western Division crowd, which they actually did. And then you have the two other games. In JV, you have, uh, you have tomorrow. Tomorrow night's game between Rambam and Frisch. Rambam, who we said would probably run away with the East, and Frisch, who would be in contention with SAR for that top spot. Um, Frisch uh, losing twice to SAR during the regular season, looking to uh, beat Rambam tomorrow night in order to have a third shot at SAR. The winner will face SAR this Sunday. I believe the game will be at 1.30. And now taking a look at the varsity, you know, tomorrow night you have Hafter and SAR facing off at 7.30, TABC and DRS at 7.45. I think the only one of those names that we really didn't give a a lot of credence to before the season really was SAR, and that's because we were sort of concerned as to how the team would gel and how, uh, and how they would get together after, after last year's performance. And the team really put it together. Uh, Obviously, we also said that it was very likely that we would find a a West that had teams that were by far you know better than the middle crop of the East. We 
put out five or six you know teams in the West that we said could easily be better than the three or even the four in the East. And as you'll see on Tuesday night when we have when we introduce the new show for the week, just how close it actually was to actually having that, if not even. You know, if not even a, a third West team making it to the semis. But it, it went chalk, and we have the East 1 after hosting the West 2 SAR, and we have the West 1 TABC hosting the East 2 DRS. So, in truth, this season really did, for the most part, go to form. You know, we had uh, the 1s and 2s in both the Varsity and the JV League, uh, all of whom we we predicted would be there in the semifinals, and we had some close calls along the way. There were a couple of flops. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that there were a couple of schools that just didn't live up to the the credit that we gave them. You know, and there were a couple of schools that actually well exceeded it. So congratulations to everybody who who had what they considered to be a successful season, and to everybody else, you know, better luck next year. There's always there's always a chance to rebuild when next season comes around. But I, I think for the most part, this was a season that in our when we were looking at it back in October you know we were very much able to put on point from the very beginning so uh, as the season almost draws to a close again Tuesday night, we will preview the championship game. We'll give you a review of the rounds before. As you know, JV already has one game done, like I said, with SAR already moving on. We'll we'll tell you what happened in their in their last in their last quarter in their quarterfinal game that I had the the uh the fortune to get to call on the mic for for the SAR Sting Sports Network. I'll give you a couple of those clips. And uh, we'll also we'll also talk about the varsity championship. Uh, as I said, we'll talk about the JV championship, which is this Sunday at 1:30. The varsity championship will follow it right up. I believe that will be at 3:30. All this taking place at Lawrence Middle School. I, I want to thank everybody for sticking with us uh, for this special episode. Not so much an encore of the first show, but also but just a, a look back at that first show to see how far we've come. Tuesday night, brand new action, letting you know exactly what happened leading up to the championship. And then we'll do this again next week, although by, although next Sunday night we will be replaying Tuesday nights. And next Tuesday night we will have the all the varsity and JV hockey championship news. And we will preview the basketball championship. So stay tuned for that as we, uh, as we switch this up for the next couple of weeks as the winter season winds down. So that will about do it for this episode of The Court Report. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can log on to uh, iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Again, this Tuesday, we will be airing a brand new episode, and we'll be encoring it next Sunday in the reverse of what we generally do. Tomorrow morning, jam in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 AM, live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. I'll see you this Tuesday night right here on the Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com